Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, back again with another USFL off-season coverage kind of episode. So if anyone out there is a USFL fan or a football fan, this is the episode for you for sure. Um, definitely let me know how I'm doing on these off-season coverage episodes. I'm trying to cover as much as I can regarding the USFL and the USFL community. Um, and if you have not listened to any of these before, this is relatively just where I go over the USFL's new player acquisitions, new signings, free agency signings, team news, club news, um, league news, all that shit is covered here. Um, and we're in the kind of the cool part of um, the USFL offseason where a lot of these players that we just got to see play this past season might get signed and might have a life-changing deal in front of their hands. So, um, with that being said, I know I touched on Deion Kane going to the Philadelphia Eagles, but I didn't touch on his uh, contract. It's a one-year, $870,000 contract. He was the 2023 championship game MVP with three touchdowns. Uh, he was pretty phenomenal for the Birmingham Stallions all season as a special teams player, a kick returner, and wide receiver. Really excited and can't wait to see what he does with the Philadelphia Eagles. I really hope that... You know, maybe we see him get some starting time, but, um, you, you know, that's a very loaded roster. But I think as a player, there's no other place as a wide receiver that you'd want to go um, because you're obviously in the best building in the NFL when it comes to potentially wide receiver talent. Um, you, you can only get better as a player going forward. Moving forward, wide, re- uh, wide receiver, special teams player slash kick returner Caden Davis Uh, was signed to the Arizona Cardinals on a one-year $750,000 contract. He was really fast, played at a different speed during the second USFL season, showcased his quick feet, his agility, and his versatility. I think he'll be a really good weapon for Arizona going into the season, mainly because they have a lackluster roster going into the 2023-2024 season. And honestly, he has more upside than some of the guys on their current roster. So look out for Caden Davis on the Arizona Cardinals. And if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan or a Philadelphia Eagles fan, those are two good players to look out for. J.M.R. Smith, quarterback of the Birmingham Stallions, got a workout with the uh, Carolina Panthers on July 25th. That was two days ago at uh, when I'm recording this. So that's really good for J.M.R. Smith, the fact that he's still getting notoriety and still getting looked at in spotlight um, because he's been a really good quarterback for the Birmingham Stallions for two full seasons. Didn't play full seasons, but been there two seasons, um, two championships. So J.M.R. Smith is a leader, a winner, and a pretty big arm, honestly. And he's actually very, very pocket aware. He has a really good sense of the pocket, uh, something to look out for. He definitely would be a high-quality backup in the NFL, in my personal opinion. But I don't want him to leave the Birmingham Stallions without running it back. Um, But obviously, if he is able to get a sign, uh, a contract going with any team, I think that's that's a win for the player, obviously. But um, it's also a win for the league, you know, because this league was able to elevate a lot of these guys to this position. And it's just good to see uh, some of these familiar faces getting the recognition that they deserve. Cornerback Josh Butler from the Michigan Panthers um, signed to the Dallas Cowboys for a three-year, $2.6 million contract. This is a big deal, very big deal. Three years, $2.6 million dollars. I think this is slightly less than uh, the Brandon Aubrey contract, uh, the Birmingham Stallions kicker that was signed to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. 
One thing I'd like to say is the Dallas Cowboys seem to love their USFL players. I mean, they're they're signing guys to multi-year contracts. The kicker, Brandon Aubrey, Josh Butler here. They have Cavante Turpin. I mean, they're they're really doing a lot with the USFL, and, it, and, it's, and it's showing. They had an all-pro kick returner in his technical debut rookie season. They bring in a kicker and a cornerback, you know, and I'm going to trust their judgment. I'm going to trust their judgment on scouting USFL talent. They might have an insider, you know, kind of trade information, a Nancy Pelosi insider information type shit going on there. Um, and they might know who the best players are, and they obviously see it, and they can uh, judge the tape by that. But Josh Butler, honestly, I was, you know, I'm not surprised for him because he deserves it. But I was a little surprised Levante Taylor didn't get signed in, um, like, ahead of Josh Butler. But Josh Butler was a very good corner. That's a big contract for him. That's life-changing. So shout-out to Josh Butler and shout-out to the Dallas Cowboys because you all got a dog there. A guy that could definitely come in on nickel sets and be that you know third-down corner, that wide, that corner four, corner three. Definitely going to stand up to, to par there. Um, and then defensive lineman Levi Bell, a, a little bit of an edge rusher as well. I even saw him drop into you know um, outside linebacker a couple times because he just has the body for it. But he signed to a one-year, $750,000 um, deal with the Seattle Seahawks. And he played for the Michigan Panthers, and he was a really good player for them. Granted, he may have looked pretty good because of Braylon Speaks, but I think that obviously he was signed right after his workout with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think that that just shows you, you know, hey, we know what this guy has. We know what he can do. Um, we're going to take a shot here and see what happens. It's only 750000 um, but a lot of these guys, you know, they're probably going to wind up just being those rotation pieces. And you know what? It's it's better than before, you know? They're getting paid triple digits, man. That's money. Money talks. And then probably in my personal opinion, and this is I'm not taking anything away from any other player that's gotten signed to an NFL team thus far, but my favorite signing from the USFL, Keava Tizino. And I, I want to take a second on this because this is... This is uh, this is kind of something I think we'll see actually work. He's going to the San Francisco 49ers. The best defense in the ball. The best defense in the NFL. The best cultural defense in the NFL probably in the past 10 years. They are consistently in the top three every single year. They have phenomenal coaching. They have phenomenal management. They have phenomenal talent. Keava Tazino has put up two phenomenal seasons with the Pittsburgh Maulers and probably is one of the best linebackers ever in the USFL. Dog. Aware. High football IQ. Incredibly strong. Quick feet. Surprisingly quick feet. But what impresses you more about him than anything is his passion for the game, which that's what I love to see. This guy is going to... You know, he may not start, but I could see him potentially seeing some fucking starting time, though, during the season. I think that this is the best situation that he could have ever gotten. And I think, and, and you know, I, I could be, you know, held accountable here, you know, someone keep the receipt. But the Giants and the Seahawks, who they bo- both teams worked him out days prior, are going to regret that decision. Kayaba Tazino is going to produce legitimate production on the field that will warrant me to say that the Giants and Seahawks let a gem walk out the door. 
I think that this is my sleeper pick of impact for the NFL from the USFL this season. So I just wanted to say that. wanted to talk about Kayaba Tazino. I think he's one of the, my favorite players, actually, of all time. I fucking love his game. And him playing next to Ruben Foster in 2023 for the Pittsburgh Maulers, I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that. I know I won't. Um, and they had probably the best linebacking duo in alternative football history. I mean, that defense was historically fucking good for a fucking alternative league. Go check the numbers. Check the stats. Check it out. I haven't missed a USFL game. I know what I'm fucking talking about. Fucking been at it since day one, live tweeting the USFL games. I know the players in that league. I know the talent. I know the coaches. I know the teams. It's just, this is a guy, even from the get-go in year one, when I was a fan of the Maulers, when they were fucking purple and orange and white, this is a guy that stood out to me. And I, you know, I always said it under my breath a little bit. I'm like, you know, well, watch out for Kayaba Tizina. Watch out for Kayaba Tizino, man. You know, and, I, and he deserves it. He deserves this because he went to the best team out of all three teams that worked him out. Went to the 49ers. The team that will have the most success next season, in my personal opinion. You never know. But I just think that that was, that was damning that the best team out of those three are the ones that picked up that uh, Kayaba Tizino. So, you know what? Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think Kyle Shanahan does. So, just saying. Just saying. And a couple other things I wanted to briefly go over before I wrap this episode up here in about 10, maybe 12 minutes. Um, But tight end Jay Sternberger, who we went over, got signed to the Buffalo Bills. You know, probably going to be that tight end three on the the roster. Um, His contract information did come out. He got signed to a one point. $0.01 $0.01 million deal with the Buffalo Bills. thought that's pretty awesome for him. That's life-changing. He was already drafted to the NFL, but uh, he was like a fifth or sixth, uh, third round. So he actually got some money in draft day. Never mind. Um, but that's still pretty good for him, you know, because he's, he's still got upside. He still has the speed. He still has those measurables. It's just the matter of, is he going to be a sure-handed receiver? That is the only question with Jay Sternberger. He does have some blunders, and um, that just uh, sometimes will make you go like, ooh, Jace, 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 please no. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm glad he did get uh, get picked up there, and I think he's going to work out just fine in Buffalo. He'll probably bounce around the league for a little while after if they don't re-sign him, but I, I, I think he'll probably wind up coming back to the USFL. A guy I haven't seen his name get called yet is Sage Surratt. So while I'm on the pod here, I'm going to go ahead and briefly just check Twitter. Shout out to Gridiron USFL on Twitter. This guy's a fucking, just a, just a great, just non-biased analyst and like reporter of, of USFL information. Um, and I just really love to see it. And one thing you got to re- like really appreciate, the Josh Butler deal was actually a three-year, $2.7 million deal. Um, wow. But yeah, no, it just proves spring football does work. And um, another thing I did want to also notate, according to Birmingham Sports um, on Twitter, we are happy to announce two-time USFL championship winner, Coach Skip Holtz Jr., has officially been nominated to the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Class of 2024, his record speaks for itself. Indeed, it does. He's 21-3 and three in the past two seasons as the head coach of 
the Birmingham Stallions, and you really can only admire what he's done with that club. He set a tone, he set a culture, and he set a motto that just wins. And you really gotta, you know, admire that, in my personal opinion. But um, two other things I wanted to kind of touch up on here. Saw Alex Magoo putting out some, um, not really some tape, but he was in uh, Packers practice gear and shit and uh, slinging the rock around, you know? It's going to be really good for Alex Magoo to get into a system that has been proven to successfully develop and maintain successful quarterback careers. To be able for, to be able, to be able for him to develop even more as a passer, because he's an athlete across the board. He's a good runner, fast, strong, big arm, but his accuracy, it's stellar at some points, and then sometimes it's a little off. If he's able to refine his craft, man, he will be a very, very fun, even more fun player to watch than what we've seen from two seasons as he was in Birmingham. And I just, I, I just wish him the best in Green Bay. I think it's a great situation for him to be with the floor, to be in a winning building, to be a part of a good culture, to be sitting behind the first round pick in Jordan Love, but also being able to use what he learned from Russell Wilson in his days in Seattle as a seventh round draft pick and bring it to the USFL successfully make your own kind of game in the USFL with that that Russell Wilson vibe as well as your own. And then you come into Green Bay, and you know what? You don't know if you're going to start. He may not. There's a lot of guys there. There's tons of guys. Clifford out of Penn State, and they got another guy that's been in the league for a minute. I mean, it's not going to be an easy tread to him to start. But if something were to arise, such as something as unpredictable as injury, or just uh, maybe Jordan Love doesn't work out, man. Maybe he just doesn't flat out work. You gotta have a, a, a contingency plan. And I think that they brought in the USFL MVP of 2023 season to be able to have said contingency plan. And it's incredibly important to have that good backup quarterback or backup quarterbacks in this case, so that you don't just fail, so that you do actually get to show some upside and production value to the rest of your offense and team. Because I'm, I don't understand the whole let's just throw the season away type shit to get this quarterback or this next quarterback, but you know, I, I think that there's a value into testing the waters out. And I'm glad that Green Bay brought in an MVP of an alternative league to see what he has, they sign him, they like what he has, he's showing his good intangibles, his measurables, his football IQ is there. But what is he missing that's not putting him above the edge? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. I think Alex Magoo, out of a lot of the players in the USFL this past season, I think he's a for sure starter. Like, I feel like, I, I don't know. There's not many. Obviously, if you throw Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, so on and so forth. All those guys, Kyler Murray, whatever. They're all going to be obviously better than Alex McGoo. But I just don't see why a guy like this was able to slip through the cracks. He saw what he's able to do on the field. I mean, he's able to do that on the field. Why? Why was it just that he was sitting behind Russell Wilson? Was it... 
you know, what was it? What is he missing? Is it his accuracy, his football IQ with being able to develop and read plays, reading developing plays, reading defenses? Is that the issue? Potentially. But I just, I don't want to say he's for sure quarterback four going into the season, but he very well may be. Because again, he, in terms of accolades or resume, has the least impressive, I guess you could say, out of those quarterbacks there. But it, some would argue with the value of alternative football on the, on the rise, especially the USFL's value is on the rise, some would argue that that's actually that's worth something. Two championships and an MVP in two seasons, that's worth a lot more than we're just, oh, you know, it's the USFL. No, it's worth something more. There's a tactical advantage. There's a schematic advantage. There's an edge there maybe some of these times. But I just think that that's an important notation to uh, to, to bring up. But also, before I wrap things up, I did want to congratulate Cavante Turpin and his family. I know he just had a child uh, a couple days ago. So congratulations to Cavante Turpin and his family. If you're out there listening, bro, just uh, keep, keep it up. Keep it up. Keep being a beast on and off the field. And, uh, you know, I wish you luck and uh, peace be on to you for sure. But, again, moving forward a little bit, just, just wrapping things up. The USFL, you know, we're going we're gonna to compare the offseason of Season 1 to Season 2, look at the difference between the amount of players signed and tried out. I know 51 players were signed to the NFL from active uh, USFL rosters last year. Um, so we'll see if we're able to, to eclipse that number. Um, the XFL has only had 32 players signed, which is pretty bad. Uh, a little, a little less than 20, um, less than the USFL in their first season. But I think the USFL is going to be able to eclipse that 32 number, probably in the 40 to 45 range for the USFL season two, um, players getting signed the NFL rosters. But at least we're seeing these guys get pretty decent sized contracts. Some people are actually negotiating like Dion Kane. He didn't get the base minimum, 750. He was able to negotiate 120 grand. You like to see that. You like to see guys be able to bet on themselves. And you know what? It works most of the time, especially if you're a good professional athlete. But um, to everyone out there listening to this USFL offseason coverage episode, I really appreciate it. Um, There's a lot more to cover coming up here. There's plenty of more signings and more league news that is probably going to be arising and plenty of... uh, Plenty more players that deserve a spot for sure. Shout out to Levante Taylor. Shout out to Mark Thompson. Shout out to Frank Ginda. I know we had a workout in, um, I believe, Seattle as well, um, but it didn't go well. He tweeted out, you know, on to the next one. You know, and that's that's all you can say, bro. You were a defensive player of the year in the USFL. You have had over 200 tackles in two seasons in the USFL. You had you you were tied for leading in picks in the 2023 season. You're a dog. Don't let anyone tell you you're not a good football player. And you know what? If if nothing works out, then you come back to the USFL and you just continue to dominate, bro. That's that's the name of the game. Create legacy, you know? But uh, again, to everyone out there listening to this, I really appreciate it. And make sure if you are a fan of the USFL or sports for that matter, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads at Tea Time Reports. We're very active on all those platforms. YouTube should be coming very shortly. Still no words on that, really, other than that. But, um, again, follow us, and any support shown is greatly appreciated and well-received. 
And again, just make sure that you give us a follow on those platforms or download the episode you're listening to right now. I try and do this bullshit at the end of the at the end of each episode just so you don't have to listen to it at the beginning or the middle, you know. Just trying to keep it kind of like a, you know, an ending type thing and wrapping things up. But you know, for real though, if you guys are able to download the episode you're listening to right now or follow the show on the platform you're listening to, to this episode right now, it would be fantastic and it would be greatly appreciated. Um, and shout out to anyone out there listening in right now to all over the world, to Britain, to Africa, to South Korea, to Australia, to fucking Tennessee, to Belgium. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we hope you tune in for more at Tea Time. We really, uh, really appreciate y'all. This is Trevor signing off. Take care.